Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com SBO. Terms and conditions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Hey, welcome to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. Oh, we have so many things to talk about today. You're going to decide if they're interesting or not. We have things. We'll talk about them. And then it's up to you. Yeah, it's up to you. Um, do you notice, Patton, that I'm speaking in a lower register? Do I sound like a sex robot? Uh, see, I swear. Okay. There's a robot. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining uh, me and Scarlett Johansson on another <laughs> episode of Did You Get My Text. Take it away, Meredith. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm sitting here across from Patton Oswalt, um, who has many things he wanted to discuss, and let her rip. Well, and I don't know where this story is going to end up going. This uh, episode won't be out for a couple of weeks. But as I speak, Hank the Tank, a 500-pound black bear, um, is terrorizing Lake Tahoe. Uh, Hank the Tank is a 500-pound black bear who has become very, very comfortable and very, very used to breaking into people's homes and eating food. As the uh, local authority said, he no longer um, fears humans or the indoors. So he just – he's 500 pounds and he walks around Lake Tahoe and is broken into a bunch of houses and they're trying to uh, decide what to do. Now, we're recording this on a Tuesday. The day after we record this, there is a meeting – a meeting Wednesday night of the Bear League. There's something up there called the Bear League. They're trying to figure out a way to dissuade Hank the Tank, either scare him off into the woods. They don't want to kill him, even though he's a massive 500-pound black bear. He hasn't attacked anyone, but people have come home and uh, found him in their house. He oh, is God. able to squeeze through. He One house, he squeezed through a window that he was then not able to get back out of, so he was just stuck in the house. And people had to come home and had to open the doors and try to lure him out and then chase him into the woods with, like, noisemakers or something. Um, but uh, that's the big problem. Hank, Hank the Tank is used to coming into people's homes and would love to have a nice meal with you and your family. <laughs> My sister actually <laughs> has a house in Lake Tahoe, like, in the woods. And I can't tell you how many times she's sent me videos outside her window with a big old mama bear and two cute little baby bears. And I was like, they're so cute. Go play. She's like, the mama bear. If you come anywhere near those cubs. But they're literally like, 
they've tried to break down their garage door. They've mm-hmm. tried they've tried to break down the door to their house. Mm-hmm. These bears have been attacking. They're just so trying to get in. And in Lake Tahoe, you have to make sure that you put your trash in a special bin behind a special door that gets locked so that they can't. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. Now there's lots of bears. Well, um, that's good. They shouldn't be endangered. No. Um, although it could also mean that there is other deforestation going on that we don't see that is driving them closer to the residential areas. That's why a lot of coyotes are now coming into— Well, there's no food. There's no food, and there, it's really sad. There's environmental issues for the coyotes where it's too dry. There's not enough food. All yeah. They've eaten all the little— Bunny rabbits. <laughs> and they want to come get your dog and cat. And they want to get those tasty cats and, and rescue dogs. Um, has your has your sister ever had a, an encounter with Hank the Tank? I don't know. I, you I should mean, ask. She sent me a video of this one very large bear, but I don't think it was Hank the Tank bear because— Well, Hank is apparently very adept at getting into people's houses. I mean, how much? How far does Hank roam? What is his uh, radius? Well, I think that's the problem. I don't think he roams anymore. I think he has now re- realized, oh, those big wooden boxes that the humans go inside are full of human food that I enjoy. You know what I would do? What? I would, with along with my neighbor friends, yeah. build some sort of metal trough out, outside the home, right. a safe distance from the homes, and every day everybody throws a little uh, steak in there. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he'll stop trying to come to your homes and he'll just be by that little thing. But every day someone's going to have to contribute if they don't want their homes broken into. And also, but also it'll start attracting even more bears. They will, the word will get out, oh, there's oh, a there's It'll a be a teddy bear's picnic. It'll be- if you go out in the woods today, you better not God, go is that alone. a creepy song? It's lovely out in the woods no. today, but safer to stay at Yeah, home. it's a creepy for song. every bear that ever there was will gather there for certain because today's the day. Okay, sorry. The teddy bears have their <laughs> that That song has always creeped me out. The idea that don't go in the woods when it's full of teddy bears. So in other words... The teddy bear in your home is totally safe and cuddly, but, but, it, but out in the woods. No, what I think happens is the teddy bears from your home become alive and they escape out a window and they go out there. And you But now eat. they're feral. <laughs> don't go meet them. That's like there's that Bjork video for human behavior. Oh, I love that video. When the giant teddy bear is dun, in the woods. Dun. Oh, that gives me the creeps. Human behavior. Yeah, but that teddy bear at night in the woods is so creepy. <gasps> Did you have a teddy bear when you were little? I don't know what I had a lot of action figures. I don't remember having like a teddy. How do you bear. cuddle with an action you figure? You don't. You don't. You you pose them and you look at them. Okay, but when you were little, little little, I'm sure I had something. I just can't remember now. I had many. Well, you had blueberry pie. Blueberry pie. Who I've been trying for ages to find another blueberry pie. Was that a mass-produced bear, or was it like specifically made for you? I'm assuming it was a store-bought bear. So there was a, there is a model out there. There is. And so my little bear was blue, light blue with little dark blue ears and a white face with, I think, like amber eyes. And um, I have Googled mm-hmm. that trying to those find— Those descriptors. Those descriptors. And I have come up with many a bear, mm-hmm. but not my blueberry pie. You know who you need to do? Need to hire an FBI profiler <laughs> and give him those things. He's got amber eyes. And the thing is, I only well, have a very small picture of him. I, I've I've looked, scoured through all my childhood pictures to mm-hmm. find pictures of Blueberry Pie. Meanwhile, I named him. He didn't like come with that name. No. And I've looked at pic- I have one of him snuggling under the covers with me, so you just see like the top of his head. 
And then I have one of him on a shelf with a bunch of other toys and you can like see his legs. But there's no like full great picture of him hmm. to say fine. Well, we've got our new uh, true crime uh, limited <laughs> series, uh, Netflix, HBO Max. I know the that you're looking for, for stuff. Blueberry Pie. Blueberry Pie. Um, so yeah, that's um, Hank the Tank. They're going to decide what to do about Hank the Tank tomorrow up in Lake Tahoe. I hope that they... Uh, take a humane approach. I hope that he is not killed. They're going to take a humane approach. It's like Tahoe. Uh, they, they it's all rich liberals. <laughs> well, they care about the environment. <laughs> rich hippies. It's like Aspen, basically. Well, I don't know. Rich, coked-out hippies. Listen, in, uh, man, there's woods, there's bears. People who go up there like nature. They're going to take mm-hmm. care of them gently, I hope. But so can you go hiking in the woods of Lake Tahoe? Or My is it... sister goes hiking with her whole family. Has she ever encountered bears out on the hike? They have seen bears, but they gently figure out a way to get away. Oh, my God. They don't run screaming. They do a whole thing. And there's like a bear uh, protocol when you when you get to Lake Tahoe. What's the bear protocol? I don't know what it is. I can't remember if it's make yourself. But you yourself... visited. Have they, have they, do, do they give you like an initiation when you show up? I don't know. All I know is if I go there and my sister's there, then she'll deal with it. I'm not going to go alone. <laughs> I'm not going to go in the woods alone. She did used to have a hammock in her backyard. Mm-hmm. Like between two big redwood trees or whatever oh, yeah. those trees are. She had a really peaceful, beautiful hammock. Nope. But there's no way in hell. No. I would go lay out and peacefully lay on a hammock without like, is he there? Is he there? Yeah. Is there one there? Yeah. No way. You're basically you're basically like a human hummus wrap at that point. <laughs> you're like a pita. Yeah. So if you're I, in a hammock, you're just like, here. I think she we'll took, take out food. I, I think they took down the hammock. A little pret-a-porter. Because really at that point. For Hank the Tank. It's just like a little trap for a bear to get caught in. Oh, Okay. All right. Well, that's the um, Hank the Tank. Hank, I wish you luck. I wish you safety. Um, I hope there are many. Uh, I, I, I've, 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 I love the fact that I've avoided uh, the, the term picnic baskets this entire segment. Uh, but, Hank, I hope that you uh, – I Find hope you're okay. a picnic basket. Yes. Get a what? picnic basket. I'm Yogi. <laughs> yeah, but he's Rus- – what, is he Russian? No. <laughs> he's like, hey, boo-boo. It's our Did carny. S- hey, boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. Go get some picnic baskets. But uh, a little Russian. Did All I right. do it bad? Do you do it? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, boo boo. <laughs> Ranger Rick is trying to steal those picnic baskets. Uh, boo, boo, boo. I think I did better. Mm. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com SBO. Terms and conditions apply. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Hey, we're back. All right. I'm gonna tell a weird little story here. 
And then I will tell a weird little story. <laughs> we'll see. I'm going to one-up you on my weird story. This is my uh, encounter. I, the, these last couple shows, we've been talking a lot about the Mandela effect and um, what that means. It's, it's people – there's a lot of weird online theorizing about uh, people misremembering the past. Berenstain Bears, did the Monopoly guy have a monocle or not? Um, all of these, uh, you know, th there are theories that we split into a different reality, and that's why reality that we live in now is so horrible. We, we're in the we're in the evil timeline. Whatever, it's um, the Mandela effect, named for the fact that for a long time people thought Nelson Mandela had died in prison, even though he clearly had not. Um, just mass delusion. So it's a phenomenon that makes us question even the most mundane memories from the past. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. I went down uh, a YouTube uh, hole last night when, I, as I was writing, I'm looking for music to listen to, and there was a group. Um, actually, no, I was already listening to a group. There was this group called from the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s called the Darling Buds. They were a great British power pop group, and they had this. Um, they did wonderful songs like um, "Let's Go Round There" and "It's All Up to You" and "Crystal Clear." Fun, catchy hook-heavy pop songs. And then, and I remember this so clearly, uh, in 1991, they did a song called It Makes No Difference to Me. And it was their kind of attempt to do a darker um, grunge song. And it's such a delightful song because even though they're trying to be dark and nihilistic, they can't suppress the fun pop catchiness of their songwriting. So it's fascinating to listen to. And I very, very clearly remember watching a video for that song. That's what got me into the group was watching the video for It Makes No Difference to Me. And then I went and found their stuff. So then I went on YouTube. I'm going to look for this video by the band, uh, the Darling Buds, It Makes No Difference to Me. And there's a video. But at the beginning of the video, it said, this was footage that was shot of the band in 1991 that was never used until 2010. It was found and then recut. And that's when it was released. So this, this video that I went and looked for, there's a preamble saying this was never cut together as a video. This was never shown um, until now. But I clearly remember watching a video on MTV's 120 Minutes of this song. Dun, 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 the Mandela effect. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So there's this – and then and, – and the footage that they shot is not the footage I remember seeing when I saw this video. Hmm. Um, so now did I – Again, is this evidence of the Mandela effect? Did I misremember things in that I heard the song, loved the song so much, then there was some other video on, and I, in my hazy memory, I've, a, I've attached the imagery of that video to the song, and that's what I um, remember. I don't know, uh, but it is very, very weird. And, it, and the other thing that might have done this for me is that um, the Darling Buds, were part of a very brief movement in pop music, and this was a real movement called the Blonde Movement. And this was, there were a group of bands with a blonde female lead singer, and all of the other members were males with dark hair. The Primitives. Like Blondie? Um, kind of, yeah. It was, but this was like a, this was like a, a, a late 80s post-punk offshoot of that idea. But there were uh, bands like the Primitives and Transvision Vamp and the Darling Buds. So... Did I hear this song and then I watched a um, Transvision Vamp video for Tell That Girl to Shut Up or the Primitives video for Crash and somehow my mind combined the images to so that I misremembered seeing a video for the song even though the video never existed? I don't know. 
But it is a it is a it was a very strange took me down a very strange hole last night. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about stories that happened in your childhood, and you're talking to your brother, and you're talking to your mom, and you're like, "Oh, mom, remember when this happened?" And she's like, "Oh, no, 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 that's not how it happened." And then everybody's got their own little version of what happened, and they remember it differently. Everybody has that thing. Is that right. kind of the Mandela? Well, but this is more of a whole lot. I mean, although I don't know that there's that there's a whole lot of people that remember a video for "It Makes No Difference." Um, from the Darling Buds. Maybe this is just me remembering it. Um, the, the Mandela effect is more like there's a huge group of people saying, I thought it was the Baron Stein Bears, right, not the right. Baron Stein Bears. Yes, you know? yes, 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 yes. Um, That's exactly right. So this is, I'm just wondering, this is like, this is my personal Mandela effect. Right. Although now, I'm, I, the, also, the reason I'm putting it out here is our listeners, um, do you remember seeing a video? For the Darling Buds, it makes no difference, and and you're just as confused as I am right now, because I'm very confused. You seem confused. I'm just concerned. So I was going to tell you a story that I had heard recently. Mm. Um, a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an urban legend. No, no, no. It's actually oh, okay. like just happened a, <laughs> okay. this week. A friend of mine's friend. Um, rescued the cutest dog you've ever seen in your life. A little scruffy, scrappy-do. Like mm-hmm. a cute little thing. Mm-hmm. And... They have a son and um, just a family of three, and they got this dog, so adorable, and was like, welcome to, welcome whatever his name was, Malcolm or whatever his name was, to the our new member of the family. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, he's so cute, he's so cute, he's so great. And then two days later, they gave the dog back. And we were like, oh no, what happened? Did it like chew all your furniture? Did mm-hmm. it bite your kid? Did it this, that, and the other? No. They're like, you know what? We didn't realize you. Had, I don't. I don't like the walking and feeding it part. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. That's the part. That that's just the definition of getting a dog. Like, yeah. You, it, what did you think it was going to be? So, and it made me think because, and I and I thought, uh oh, that's not good. And then a million years ago, I had gone to a pet. I was walking by a pet store. Mm-hmm. I don't normally plan on shopping at pet stores. Sure. I rescue, as everyone should. Yeah. But I walked by a window that had all those little dogs in the front of the window mm-hmm. in like a little crib. Mm-hmm. And it was like the size of a rock. <laughs> it yeah. was so small. Yeah. It was like a guinea pig. It was so small. It was the mm-hmm. smallest, cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was just, oh, my God, this is so cute. I must have this puppy. Meanwhile, I have two cats at home. Sure. And I thought, you know, personality-wise, I'll get them to fall in love with each other. <laughs> uh, you know, like you, you think it's going to be a Disney movie, you, basically. You kind of separate them for a little mm-hmm. while, get them acclimated to mm-hmm. each other. There's a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but my cat was like 22 pounds, mm-hmm. like the fattest cat. And this little creature was, I think, a pound and a half? I don't oh, even Lord. know. And I loved this little puppy, and I was playing with it and just everything great. But then I was like, oh, God, what if I leave for the day? And then the cat sits on the dog uh-huh. and kills it. Yeah. So I did give the dog back. But that was just because I didn't realize you that. You were worried it, about its safety. I was worried about its safety. Not because when you get an animal, you need to think about these things. You need to think about, am yeah. I? Right. That's like when you and Alice were like, we have to have a pet you have to have a pet. You can't not give a child a pet. And she's like, I want a dog. You're like, we need a dog. And the two of you with your I need a dog and I want a dog and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, Patton, you have to walk it. You have to feed it. You have to be home in the middle of the day. You have to do all these things. 
Are you, you know, you go on tour, Alice is at school. I don't want that responsibility of having mm-hmm. to stop where I am to drive home at three in the afternoon to do that. I can't have a dog. I, I know you want a dog, mm-hmm. but it's, it will fall on me. No, no, no. We'll do it. We'll do it. Which, of course, you wouldn't. We, then she's like, I want a cat. And I thought, okay, if you're gone through the day, you don't have to come home to feed the cat. You can leave food out. And you don't have to walk it. You just mm-hmm. have a litter box. So that's mm-hmm. fine. But who's going to scoop the litter? Who's going to feed it? Alice is like, I will, I will. I'm, and I'm my friend, meanwhile, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. The kid wants it. The dad thinks it's great. Mm-hmm. And then the mom is stuck doing all everything. We did a whole episode about this. Right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I was getting upset. But um, but the fact that they gave the dog back for those reasons, I felt was not. That's a little weird. That's not fair. You should have thought of that. Before you got the dog, we bought. We I had to return this guitar that I bought because I do not like my fingertips brushing on guitar strings. <laughs> it just it just sets my teeth on edge. And I love guitars, but I don't like my fingertips brushing on strings, and I don't like pressing guitar strings down with my other hand on like a fretboard. Where were Those we the other things, day, Patton? Oh. We met someone new, and you and she was like a professional, important person. I think. And you were... Could you please make this more vague? Well, We met a person. She was important. <laughs> what? what? What are you doing? Well, you were... We were being... Talking important stuff. And then you said some sort of off stupid joke. And it could have been construed like that was maybe real. Oh, God. Who were we talking to? We were talking to the uh, the, the rabbi that Alice wants to... Oh, yes. Uh, ...learn about Judaism from. And I made such an obvious... Joke and then, and I was like, "Could you not please? Could you please not joke in front of an important person? They don't. They might not get it, and it ruins the flow of the importance." How did we go from from talking about a dog and a guitar <laughs> because, to you being angry at me making a joke to a rabbi? Because the the guitar, <laughs> right? Maybe people listening might have thought that you were being serious. You needed to asterisk me saying the most obvious joke. I don't want people thinking that. That you think that if you throw butter out of a window, it will transform into an insect like a butterfly. Okay, you know what? I have to let our listeners know that. Hey, Pat, and I want to change the topic because yeah, this is annoying. Yeah, of course you do. Um, in general, I really like art. I think art is beautiful. And I am not a painter. Hang on. You think art is beautiful? Yeah, man. Wow. And I that's, that's so that, I just that's so unique about you. I love that. Okay, we're getting divorced after this <laughs> podcast. Um, um, you listeners, we're, we're not actually going to get divorced. I just want to make sure that you know that was a joke that she just made. That we're not actually going to end this marriage. Please, anyone within the sound of my voice that can hear this, we are not ending the marriage. Thank you. Okay, so your point. Yeah. Anyway, um, a really good task for people if they like to paint but can't paint, aren't like creative or whatever <laughs> is. You uh, try to copy paintings that you like. So I would have my little sketchbook, my little painting book, and I'd have my paints and all this and all that. And I would find a painting that I'd like, and I would do it on my little scrapbook. Mm-hmm. And I would copy like a Georgia O'Keeffe or, um, you know, like try to copy a Picasso or just to like mm-hmm. – if you can try to do other people's styles, maybe one day you'll find your own style. Yeah. Because right now my style is really just a stick figure. Mm-hmm. I'm not talented as an artist. Although I'm really good at doing makeup. You'd think I'd be a good artist, but I'm not. So – Maybe apply whatever you um, think of spatially and color-wise in makeup to a painting. Think of it that way. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> – Wow. Okay. So, so anyway – so, the, okay, literally, we are getting divorced. Like, not a joke. 
listeners, you can count on it. So <laughs> um, there was this painting by Kandinsky. It's called Several Circles. And it's black, It's like a black canvas with all these very bright colors on it. And I loved it so much. I saw it in person. I think it's at the Chicago. The Whitney, I think it's at the Chicago Museum. I'm not quite sure. Maybe it's in New York. But I saw it and I loved it. And I took a picture of it, I think, if you're allowed, no flash. And um, I showed it to my mom, who also loves to paint. And she saw that and she thought, this is going to be a great gift. And she copied it and made it for us. And it's hanging in our home. And I love it. It's in it's in our home. And um, so our, my friend Georgia yesterday showed me a piece of art that she just got and I thought it was so cool and it looks like something fun that I could draw. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm going to try and draw that. <laughs> what, what is the painting that you're going to try to draw? I don't know the name of it. What medium is it done in? It looks like watercolor mm-hmm. and pencil and or pen. So are you It's gonna... a huge canvas and there's like little spots of color all over it and I'm just saying I like seeing things that I like and then going, oh, that looks fun. I might try and do that. So are you going to look at it? Because I know that a lot of um, uh, people that, that would do what you're talking about, um, artists in training that will copy a masterwork, you try to also learn. That's what I was. I was an artist in training copying a masterwork. Well, but what you also try to do is, like you just said, if this thing is done in watercolor and pencil and pen, you try to look at the canvas and figure out, what was applied first and what layers it was applied to. You know, some people can literally re, um, recreate these strokes of paint. Yeah, they're called forgeries. And they, Yeah. And there are people, um, I just, um, there's a short documentary show that I love called How To with John Wilson. And he at one point talks to um, uh, people who do commissioned forgeries for people who own a very expensive piece of art but don't want it out because they're worried it'll get stolen. They will have the forgery made. The actual original piece is safe in a vault, and then they will hang That's the forgery in their house. very interesting. Isn't that weird? Very interesting because what is owning something really? Exactly. Because also, then there's also people who go on vacation and they're like fancy people who have like a wedding ring that's too fancy to take on a vacation. Um but then they'll buy a fake ring to go – their travel fake stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, listen, if you're going to get robbed, mm-hmm. don't flash around your fake thing. They don't know it's fake. Mm-hmm. They're still going to come rob you. Just don't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> like don't wear it. And that's why we would like to talk to you guys about NFTs and the wonderful world <laughs> of um... – Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Anyway, I'm very excited to start uh, – trying to draw her thing, but I haven't seen it in person. I've only seen a photograph of it. So anyway. Can, can it, you go see it in person? Yeah, when, once she gets it at her house. Oh, okay. Um, but I just like uh, doing that as an arts and crafts. That'll kind be of a, a cool project. Yeah. Hey, let's take a break and we'll come right back. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. 
pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the Gray Strandom Wing Chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. So, Meredith, did you get my text? Which text? I sent you an adorable video of uh, a um, – they're called – what are they called? Those pygmy monkeys that you're um, <gasps> they're obsessed called, with? They're called finger, mon- they're, finger they're, monkeys. Wait, they're, they're, mini- they're baby marmoset monkeys. They're little tiny marmoset monkeys. Yeah. They're, um, they're not capuchin monkeys. No. These are they're, they're finger called, monkeys. They're marmosets and they're called – they're also known as finger monkeys. Whatever they, they are. They can hold on to your little pointer finger, and they're they're smaller than your pointer finger. Well, here's the thing. They actually can't hold on to your pointer finger because as we found – actually, uh, let me get back to that. They can't hold on to your pointer finger, and I'll explain that why. They can because there's pictures of them, and I'll show them to you. Well, but go but, on. But hang on. Um, uh, it's a video of, of one of these little um, little mini finger monkeys on a branch, and it's, it's looking at one of those – Bugs. It's like a looks cricket. like a leaf, but it looks like a green leaf. It's, it's like a grasshopper. Yeah, but it's it's one of those bugs that they camouflage themselves as a leaf. It looks like a leaf. Right. So it's, get, and so he's touching it. He's gently. And then it moves. So he's like. He's whoa, mesmerized. Whoa. He's absolutely in awe of this tiny little bug. And he's trying to. And well, he's gently, to him, the bug's pretty big. It's not a tiny little bug. It's it's the same size as him, which is adorable. Yes, correct. And the way he's touching it, and the way he's putting together in his head or her head, I don't know if it's a male or female, that, well, I'm used to, I know that leaves do this, but this leaf is doing this. This And then he kind of looks down and says, oh, wait, there's legs. Wait a minute. Like, it's just this fascinating little clip. Amazing to watch his little face discover that one, he's gently touching this thing that looks like a leaf, and then the little grasshopper thing moves. Um, and then he's like, oh, whoa, what was that? And yeah. to see his little mind working, it's so amazing. It's incredible. And the reason that I say that they can't hold on to your finger is because um, Meredith was, is again, obsessed with finger monkeys. And there's a zoo in down, San Diego. Uh, in San Diego or near San Diego uh, that they have finger monkeys. And I called and I made a donation to the zoo and I, I talked to the one of the zookeepers and we got to go sort of – backstage as best you can, I thought we could go down there and Meredith could hold a finger monkey on her finger. And But the, as the zookeeper explained to us, no, they are so nervous around bigger people. They, they only kind of are comfortable with one person, like their keeper, their mm-hmm. handler. They can they can literally have a heart attack and die. Aww. That's what they said. They get so nervous that they have heart attacks and die. So we were very, very far away from them. I mean, we were relatively. Them. We watched one eat what looked like a maggot, but it was holding a little it. Grub worm. it. He was holding it in his hand like a banana. Yeah. But it was like the size of a little baby ma- maggot, and yeah. he was just chomping on it like a banana. But just watching. That's how little. These little delicate. They're so. They are so intricate, and it makes you. It was really interesting to watch. It was you and Alice and I went down, and it even affects your own movements. You start. 
you start acting like there's a cake in the oven. I don't want to stomp too loud. I don't want to move too quickly because I don't want to scare them. Th- yeah. These are such... They're just so delicate. Yeah, that, 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 that there's that level of intricacy and consciousness at that small a scale is incredible. Yes, it had such intelligence in its face and eyes. They, they're... Uh, yeah. The cutest things you've ever seen in your life. And go online and look up Finger Monkey, and you'll see millions of pictures of little tiny finger monkeys on people's index fingers. But this, that video that I sent you, sent me down another YouTube hole of finger monkey videos of them discovering things and putting things, because little tiny things, insects, and um, they, they, yes, they also, they move about and they well, react like, to their environment, but it feels very mechanical. Like when you watch ants, ants look like basically a computer program. Just But a finger monkey is a – there's a little personality there yeah. and they have – That being said, you know, we had a little experience with a very cute praying mantis. Oh, and, <laughs> and praying right. mantis, when they – they can look at you with interest and confusion. They, they move their heads like – you know how dogs, they go, ooh? Mm-hmm. And then they tilt their head to the left. They go, ooh, what's that? Ooh. And so this little praying mantis was sort of like checking us out and looking around. And it was very personality-filled, I thought. Yeah, it, it you felt – I've heard that um, tarantulas can recognize okay, their no. owners and will calm down when they're on their um, owner's hand. They actually mm, are very okay. chill. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. That's uh, I'm like sure some, that's great. Yeah. I don't even talk about a tarantula. Also, crows can rem- recognize <gasps> and remember – people's faces who wrong them and yes. will try to get revenge. Yes. They will they will track people down and mess with them. Yes. If, if you, you if you like go out on your porch, if there's like a crow on the fence at your house mm-hmm. and you're like, shoo, or throw a rock at it or something, mm-hmm. and you're like, get out of here, crow, then he's like, oh that motherfucker, I'm gonna come back here and I'm gonna torture you. Oh, and then they look guy. at you with evil eyes and they're like, you want you want to play this game? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. peck your head. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. And then he tells his friends. He's like, you guys, come here. Yeah. You know why they're called a murder of crows? Because they're like, that fucking bitch just did this to me. Come on, let's murder her. And they all go and they all like stare at you when you try to walk mm-hmm. out your house. And they're like. Murder of crows. Murder of crows. Now that said, I am. That's voic- not true, by the way. I am voicing a raven in the upcoming Sandman series. So I have watched. when Before I did it, I just watched a lot of raven videos. And I watched a video that they sent me of the live ravens that they're using for the show. They can talk, they can mimic human speech and say things. And then I read this amazing book called The Raven Master, who is written by a, an ex-beef eater at the Tower of London. What the hell's a beef eater? The guys with the big, you know, oh, power, oh, oh, yeah, oh, sorry. You know what, Patton, with you, my initial my initial thoughts go into like, is that a Dungeons and Dragons character? <laughs> what are you talking about? So I'm always kind of thrown off because your, your frame of reference is often a superhero situation or like some weird thing that other people don't right. know. Yes, of course, a beef eater. A beef eater. And he um he's a tower guard and he is the raven keeper. He keeps the ravens and he wrote a book about his life uh dealing with uh, ravens and he has a wonderful Twitter feed where he shows pictures of his favorite ravens and what they're doing that day at the tower. They all have personalities. They all it's their little place and he's their buddy, but it's almost like the ravens, the ravens are like cats in that they're like, oh, this is this guy that does stuff for me. A raven is different from a crow. Yes? I don't know what the difference is. Are they different? I don't know. I, th- I think they are. I should go look that up. I think they probably are. But they're beautiful birds. They and are. they're really but, smart. And they're very sleek and wise looking, but also scary. Oh, hell yeah. Very scary looking. Scary as shit. 
You know what I think we should do? What? Have a listen to some people speak pipes. Oh, let's do it. Hey, Meredith and Patton. This is Brendan calling from San Francisco. Uh, first time caller, middle time listener. You guys haven't been on that long. Anyway, uh, I've just learned in the last couple of days the sad news that AP Bio was not renewed. And Patton, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but I'm wondering, I'd be interested to hear from both of your perspectives, Meredith as a former child actor uh, and somebody who grew up in the business, um, how did you learn to deal with not just rejection, but then learning that something like this uh, was ending as a younger actor? Uh, did you have role models or mentors who helped you through that? And then Patton, I wonder, I don't claim to understand, nor is it any of my business, your relationship with the younger actors on the show, but do you feel a responsibility as an older actor to talk to them, mentor them, sort of help them through this uh, for those who maybe uh, are newer to the business and don't have as much experience? Anyway, love the show, guys, uh, while I'm folding laundry or otherwise. And uh, thanks for listening. That's a really good question. Uh, for me, when I was younger, uh, you'd go on lots of auditions and um, you stopped – well, at least I stopped – Letting it upset me only because as a child, you have another life too. You're a regular kid. You go to school. You have your friends. And really acting is sort of like an extra thing. It's not your whole thing. It's part of your life. And so you go on a million auditions and like, oh, this one's for Burger King. Oh, this one's for this movie. Oh, this is for that. And I never worried if I was going to get it or didn't get it until they just called and said, you got it. And so I just assume you're not going to get anything <laughs> and if they give you something, then yay. And yeah. so I just – and so I actually do tell that um, to – actually, I have a little friend who's acting now and I've had this long discussion with him because he's – well, he started acting when he was little. But we talked when he was nine and I was just saying to him, like, don't ever let it get you down. It's – it's these this kind of stuff happens. The only time rejection for me ever hurts is if it's like – a movie you're dying to do and it's gotten down to you but you and one other girl. If you're that close and it's in your reach and you can see yourself doing it and you don't get it, it it really it that's a hard one and you're upset and you're like, "Oh man, I wanted that so bad." Um but then like get over it also. I'm of the philosophy and we've talked about this before. Even if it's down to you and another person and it's been down to me and another person on two very specific films that I very much wanted to do, but the fact that the other person got it meant that that's who was supposed to get it. It made the film better. It would, the film would not have been as good with me in it. Exactly. I don't want to be the weak link in a great film. So the two roles, well, the two I would specific say, roles I lost out on, I'm happy I did because the movie was good and it didn't – it's not a mark on me. Okay. The few that I've lost out on to someone else, I wasn't happy I did. But they were fabulous in exactly. it. Exactly. And they did a great job. But I could also have seen myself doing it, and then I'm like, gosh, darn it. Um, but every time a friend of mine gets something over me, um, they're you know, they're talented and amazing, and you're just like, wow, you're very talented and amazing. I'm so bummed I didn't get that role. Yeah, I had a, a, someone point out to me, like, when your friend gets something over you, you're like, oh, good, someone cool got it. You right. know, like, so you're happy. Then there are times when I've auditioned for things where I was like, I like this, and I could do it, 
but you know who'd be better at this? Mm-hmm. Martha Plimpton. Mm-hmm. And so I, for a lot of my friends, um, I was always like, oh, yeah, it's good that she got this. Oh, yeah. she's going to be perfect in this. Or I might even go on an audition and say, I don't know if this is really me, but you know who should do this? Yeah. I've offered up other actors' friends of mine for roles in the room with the director. And I was like, I don't 100% connect to this. You know who would, though? That's yeah. really – that's super menschy. Yeah. As far as rejection for me, I don't want to sound like I'm some grizzled old veteran, but I spent my first six years in showbiz strictly doing comedy. So rejection and emotional abuse was all I knew. That's like, that's not a big deal for me anymore. Um, and as far as like mentoring, the the, the young actors that are that were on um, AP Bio, and I've said this before, are such an amazing bunch of people. I'm, I'm very good friends with Nick Pine, who plays... Marcus. Um, he has a fascinating whole other life. He's an actor. He's also a professional gambler. He he just is this really cool person. That uh, girl, Allison Ashley Arm, uh, now Allison Snyder, who played Heather, um, is a filmmaker, artist. Like like all the kids are incredible. Sari Arambula is a is a filmmaker. Like they're all going to be doing amazing stuff. Yes. It's one of those things where I actually don't feel that proprietary or protective of any of them because they're all such genuinely cool personalities that are that are also all have amazing perspectives on the business already. Absolutely. But they are also older than little kids. Yeah, exactly. They're not little kids where you're like, listen, you're going to have ups and downs. Right. You're going to lose things. You can't let it get you down. Yeah. Like when I talk to little ones like that. Sure. Um, next, speak pipe, please. Hey, Patton and Meredith. Uh, This is a comment and a rather disappointing one at that. Uh, This is in regards to your last episode with the Carradines. Uh, Patton, uh, in the episode, you are talking about Star Trek and referring to Sean Penn's father, Leo Penn, as a famous director of Star Trek, the original series. Um, You also unfortunately referred to the Vulcan nerve pinch Star Trek. I'm massively, massively disappointed that you don't also know that Spock or pretty much any Vulcan for that matter, whoever uses the Vulcan nerve pinch, kills someone uh, because it doesn't do that. Thanks, guys. Listen, I'm never going to argue with a Trekkie. It's like arguing with, with a nun about scripture. Um, if he says it's true. Then it's probably true. It's probably true. Okay. I, I, I think I called it the, yeah, I think I called it the death pinch. It is a nerve pinch. And um, oh. once again, uh, there's, you, no one angers like a Trekkie. So you're, you're right. And yay. And, and I, my God, you know what? Can you? I want to write an apology to him. Could you take a picture of me writing the apology and I'll put it on my Instagram? Oh, you're funny. That would be really good if I did that. That's like I, a I meta did, thing. I cannot lose. I can't lose the Star Trek community. Patton, if I anyone's feelings are hurt, you need the Star Trek community. to apologize <laughs> to everyone who's upset. Any troll who says anything to you, I would like you to write yeah. at least a 400-word apology mm-hmm. and we're going to photograph it. Exactly. And also... Um, Thunderpussy74324971, I'd like to apologize. Uh, you're clearly a real human being. You are not uh, from a, Bel- <laughs> not from a, from a uh, Belgian troll farm. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Belgian troll farms. <laughs> Do you know they make – they raise trolls on Belgium? Those are – they – actually the – yeah, like uh, in India, there are internet troll farms. In Belgium, they, Belgium, they actually raise for real trolls. Yeah, okay. 
All right, next one. Let's hear another one. Hey, Pat and Meredith. This is Blue from Kansas City. I had a question for you guys, but before I ask it, I have a small bone to pick with Patton. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Recently in one of the previous episodes, he said that Werewolves and Lollipops was not recorded audio only. I find that very hard to believe because the way I discovered Patton was by watching the set of Werewolves and Lollipops. Uh, If you'd like me to send you a copy of it, Patton, I'd be more than happy to. But anyways, my question is, what is the best concert you guys have ever been to? And follow-up question, what is the worst concert you guys have ever been to? Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Did the Mandela effect just happen? Does he – do you know. remember it that I, you didn't have one and he remembers it that you did? The sec- My second album, there are a couple of bits from that album on a Comedy Central half hour. But that album, that was not filmed. It was only audio recorded. What I if- know uh, – we got a con- – I maybe – did somebody bootleg it or film it and I don't know about yeah, it? Yeah, maybe there was a bootleg dude. Oh my god. That'd be cool. I know for a fa- I was not I was not successful enough at that point to have it filmed. Well, maybe some fan, super fan had a little uh And it's out there and I don't know about it. I think it. we should figure out a way to contact that yeah. guy back. Hey man, if uh you want to call us back and give us a way to contact you Or just send me a, a message on Instagram. Oh, you know what? You can also email us at uh, hey, did you get my text at gmail.com? Yeah. I am and very curious. Why don't you just do that? Why don't you just send it to that wow. email and we'll watch it. Thanks. Best concert you've ever been to? Well, I've been to some fabulous concerts. The first concert I ever went to, I think I was three. <laughs> my dad took me to an Elton John concert. Do you remember it? I have memories of it uh-huh. where I was uh, watching it and then – the, the smell of pot smoke was so overwhelming mm-hmm. that I was like, I, I can't stand the smell of this. I'm going to have to go to sleep now and try not to smell the smell. Wow. My sister, on the other hand, was getting secondhand high <laughs> and was like dancing around and everything. Wee. But um, then later um, in life, I uh, saw Lauren Hill. Really? And it Where? was somewhere in Los Angeles. I don't know. But it was the best concert. Um, she did this amazing thing where she would the DJ would play a little something like and then the drummer and there was like a drum off DJ off and she was so great. This was like at the edu- miseducation of Lauren Hill times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fabulous. Amazing. That was one of the best concerts. But um Damn. I've been to some really good ones. And then what was the worst? Even oh, ooh, I went to a U two concert and my friend and I were in the fifth row. Did I say this already? No. And he was and he, he we're like, we love you. And he looked directly at us and goes, I love you girls. Like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, but I've been to a bunch of good ones. Um, I've been to so many good ones. I'll just name this one randomly. Uh, I went one night to the Viper Room to see a band called um, – at the time it was called Metal Shop. Now they're called um, Steel Panther. And Metal Shop was a – by themselves is a great is a great band. They're a bunch of studio musicians who formed a fake band called Metal Shop, and they do, like, metal covers, 80s hair metal, and they're great. However, um, I knew the guy at the Viper Room. He let me go up early, and I'm just hanging out at the bar upstairs waiting for the show to start. Wait, my friends are going to meet me. And out of nowhere, um, PJ Harvey comes in with her uh, either bassist or someone and just put on a little surprise, like, eight-song set and on that little stage. You know how small the Viper Room is. She was wearing jeans and a black bra. That's it. Guitar, 
had her bassist with her, but it, not like I'm trying to look sexy, just like I just need my arms free to do this guitar playing that I'm doing. Yeah, or that's how I feel. I like to go on the road with <laughs> just my bra saying, you know, I need my arms for this. And up to that point, I was I, I was aware of PJ Harvey and, you know, um, but I always thought her, her stuff never really connected with me. It's it's she, real women's centered. Well, it's very avant garde too. It had it, it's almost it's 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 kissing up against Tori Amos territory. It's very got a big feminist vibe to it. But holy shit, did she rock this room? No fanfare, no announcement. Just went up. I think she was w- working on her album "Songs from the City," "Songs from the Sea." I know I'm getting that title wrong, but my God in heaven, did she? She just blew the fucking walls off this place. And then I went back into listening to everything she's ever done. And I'm like, oh, th- this person is. Because at the time, my only exposure was the Little Fish, Big Fish song that she did um, that got all the MTV airplay. Uh, but after seeing that, I was like, oh, my God. I was I completely didn't know what I was missing. She's a fucking genius. Wow. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? We tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really Hey, let's do some quick picks. Let's hear what you got, Pete. What have I been doing? Well, been watching a lot of TV. Thank God there's a lot of good television on. Um, my friend Bridget Everett is in an amazing show on HBO Max called Somebody Somewhere. Um, seven episodes. It's just this amazing slice of Midwestern life. Um, it's the Duplass, Mark Duplass is doing it, has a very togetherness feel of people finding little moments of joy and hilarity in in a lot of despair. It doesn't turn away from um, the kind of ennui of everyday life. But it has very just... authentic but sort of mundane moments, but that there's an interest behind them and there's uh, really beautiful relationships and it's a, it's a nice, slow watch, very indie feel, um, and I like it very much. Beautiful. Um, so that's good. And then also... Uh, We've watched now the first two episodes of Ben Stiller's new show, Severance. Ooh, it's got a vibe. Oh, this is very much uh, a dark Philip K. Dick, Kurt Vonnegut, um, you are being subsumed by the machine feel. Very, very paranoid. Very early 70s. Uh, Beautifully art directed. Oh. It's the the color scheme, the set design. It's absolutely incredible. Clearly, the costume designer had to work with the art director. Yeah. Um. It's incredibly stunning. It's 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 gripping. It's it's slow moving. There's an undertone of anxiety underneath it. Oof. Um. But it's very odd and very interesting. And it's a it's a it's a it is a very crazy amplification of where our society, especially our corporate society, uh, is going now in terms of things like the gig economy and and we work and, and what happens, you know, wh- how you still exist as a human. And again, I'm, I'm getting too deep with it. It's, it's fascinating. It's dystopian in a way. Yes, very unnerving. Yeah. So, but worth watching. Also, um, season two of Space Force, which I just blew through. For um, Yes, I'm in it. Uh, but uh, what's brilliant about the season two is They've leaned into the fact, to the reality of what happened to the show itself, which was season one was uh, 10 episodes, massive budget, 
did not get great reviews, did not get great ratings. So this whole season is about how their budget has been completely slashed. <laughs> they are hold, holding on by their fingernails. Um, and, and no one likes them. They've, they've been getting terrible reviews. That's funny. Um, the Space Force itself. And it's only seven episodes. And it's pretty brilliant. And um, Ben Schwartz, in between watching him on Space Force and the after party, the dude is he, – he, there's nothing he cannot do. He's so funny. My God. I love Ben Schwartz. And the girl – um, who plays the daughter of Steve Carell's character, I'm yes. presuming. Um, Diana Silvers, is that her name? Yes. Um, she played my daughter in a m- movie I did called Flesh and Blood. Uh, it was a Blumhouse film. Anyway, she's charming and adorable and very pretty. Yeah, so the second season is great. The cast is is fantastic, especially Ben Schwartz. And especially uh, no one yells at a snack machine like John Malkovich. <laughs> oh. Oh. What else you got? Uh, comic books. New series just dropped. It's called Step by Bloody Step from Image Comics, written by Cy Spurrier, uh, drawn by Matthias Lopez and Matthias Bergara. It is an amazing post-apocalyptic tale about a little girl and her gigantic killer robot walking across a wasteland and encountering survivors and new civilizations. And she, I've only read the first issue. It's like... It's going to be four issues total, there and there's no dialogue. It's all visual. It's, it's from looking at the art, you can figure out everyone's relationship and what's going on, and it's pretty amazing. Just from the first issue, it's one of those great. I just picked up the first issue, and I know the book's going to be great. Step by bloody step, oh my god! Step by bloody step. Step by bloody step. Right, sounds like a good one. Yes, uh, and movies. There's a movie I missed last year. Uh, called Wrong Turn, which is a reboot of uh, the Wrong Turn movies. There were three of those. Young people go out in the woods, encounter uh, mutant uh, inbred redneck monsters. This completely does away with those films and reboots it for the um, post-MAGA, post-American split um, uh, country that we are in. It is Or about to be. Or about to be. Well, we're kind of there. Um, But we're not post-MAGA yet. That's right. We're not post MAGA. When I say post MAGA, I don't. I don't mean MAGA has gone away. It's now MAGA has happened, and oh. we're stuck with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, great performances. I don't want to give away any of the surprises, but man, does it go in some. It, it is one of the better reboots that I've seen, and I don't know why it didn't get any attention. Wrong turn. Uh, go watch it. Those were some pretty fascinating picks, Patton. Thank you, Meredith. I love sharing my picks with our listeners. <laughs> um, hey, you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Mm-hmm. Starbucks Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.